Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, goal! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore, and I'm actually not in Atlanta tonight. I am live in Philadelphia as Atlanta United takes on the Philadelphia Union tomorrow evening, which you can listen to on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app and the Atlanta United app. And it is a massive, massive game that we're going to talk about here tonight, we're also going to get into the 3-4-3, as you guys know, getting caught up on everything going on on the local side, all those stories about the game that make you smile, some of the headlines from around the world, and there's some interesting ones on a Champions League week, big week in MLS as well, kind of set the table for that as we go tonight too, but this is the biggest week of the season for Atlanta United, this is the week that will, I think, fully entrench the expectations for 2023 for this team they've changed in my opinion this is a team that you know I've talked to people a lot about this over the the last week or two this is a team that I was never worried about making the playoffs that was never a concern for me and I know at one point the team was right around the line at least seventh and Getting in wasn't the concern. It was where they could finish and what the long-term run in the postseason could be. And I didn't really know at that point. Start of the season was great. Middle, 
as you were setting yourself up for the summer window, yeah, there was a dip. And then that summer window ha happened. And in my opinion, the expectations that are reasonable for 2023 changed with the additions that we've seen in this team. This team's 4-1-2 and two since the League's Cup ended. It's one of the best teams in Major League Soccer since that tournament ended. And I think the expectations are higher. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that this team can go further than you thought they might when the League's Cup started. I think it's reasonable to expect this team to get through the first round, even if they don't get into the top four. If they don't get into the top four and they don't have home field advantage. It's a tougher road, but the way this team has played, they're capable of beating anyone in the Eastern Conference. Now, this is a week, and especially these two back-to-back -back that I think are going to set up in stone what those expectations are. Atlanta United is in Philadelphia tomorrow and then hosting Columbus, who is the team that put six goals past them earlier in the season. Very early in the season. These are two very different teams at this point. That was also during an international break when Atlanta United was nowhere near full strength. That game's got a lot riding on it, but you can't look to that one without looking at what happens tomorrow against Philadelphia, a team that has had Atlanta's number in some ways, although the last two meetings between these two teams, Atlanta has thoroughly outplayed the Union. The, the scoreless draw at the Benz late last season that kept playoff hopes alive and the 2-0 win at the Benz earlier this season, and this is a very different team than that one. And that was a complete performance in that game one of the best of the season now because of the results over the weekend where Atlanta United did not play but the rest of the league did Atlanta United controls its destiny in terms of reaching the top four and having home field advantage in that first round of the playoffs if they went out they will be in the top four no question about it and one reason why is they're playing two teams that are right around that line in the next week with Philadelphia, who is just ahead, and Columbus, who is just ahead. This is huge. Now, Gonzalo Pineda this week at Media was asked by Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, does that change the motivation for this team, knowing that they control their destiny and top four is within their sights? This is what Gonzalo said about the motivation and really what's important in this conversation. Players are motivated and motivation is one thing, commitment is another one. Uh, I think it's different there. So motivated, they're happy. You see the training sessions, they're happy, they're enjoying themselves, they're they're having mood, good mood, uh, good interactions. Actually, the football has been okay, uh, but it's about the commitment in those tough moments, in difficult moments in the game against Philadelphia. The field, you know, is that 100%? Is that at times not the best field to play on the ground and all that? Um, them playing very, very aggressively, pressing very hard. And in those tough moments, are we fully committed to the cause? Are we fully committed to, to win and earn those three points and fight for those? And uh, is our full commitment there? Motivation, honestly, I don't care. It's about the commitment. It's about being fully committed to uh, the vision to finish top four. And now that is in our hands, I can see that the players are committed. And that's the most important part. Yeah, it's easy to, to throw different words around and how you want to define things. And I, th I think there is a big difference here between 
motivated. If if you're not motivated at this point in the season, you're probably not going to last very long as a professional. And I don't think that's the issue. I don't think that's a concern. I think commitment takes it to another level, and that's where you get into moments like we saw against Miami, for example, when Miami cut the lead down to a a one-goal lead. They converted a penalty. They tried to intimidate Atlanta United, and guys defended their teammates. Guys defended themselves, and guys defended the badge. I think you see commitment show up late in games like tomorrow where it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a fight. It always is with Philadelphia. You know they're going to be physical. You know they're going to be disruptive. You know they're going to knock guys around, try to take some shots at players. They're going to try to get under your skin. They're going to argue. They're going to complain. These are are things that are typical when it's an Atlanta-Philadelphia match. The commitment shows up in moments late in games like that where an attacking player, for example, has to make a 50-yard defensive run. Or, you know, there's a 50-50 ball and you have to go in full bore late in the game to prevent Philadelphia from having an opportunity to transition. And you know you're going to get hit. And you know you're probably going to end up on your back. But you've got to try to make that play for your team. These are next level things when you talk about motivation and commitment and it's going to show up tomorrow and it's going to have to be there for Atlanta United to get the result that they need. I don't think you're going to be able to to go in and waltz through a game with Philadelphia, even if the union are tired. And even if, you know, you've got Andre Blake talking about rosters needing to be expanded and players being tired and quality dipping and these kinds of things, which are valid topics in terms of long-term strategy with Major League Soccer. But also Philadelphia hasn't necessarily rotated their players well enough. And this isn't a new thing for Jim Curtin and the Philadelphia Union. It's been a long-term conversation within the Philadelphia media and within the Philadelphia Union fan base about rotating players. This is an academy that produces a lot of talent, and there are a lot of players. Now, they've had injuries to deal with, too, and, and look, Atlanta United knows what injuries are all about. Go back to last season. Go back and look at the lineup, by the way, in that Atlanta United-Philadelphia game from last year. Uh, if you want an eye-opening thing about, one, how impressive that draw was, and, and two, just how different things are now. But I digress. It's... It, it, Commitment's going to be crucial tomorrow in a game like this against Philadelphia. There's just no way around it. You're you're not going to be able to get the job done without those moments of commitment. Now, playing against Philadelphia and playing in Chester is just difficult in and of itself. Getting away from the style of play, playing away in this league is difficult in and of itself. Getting away from the different styles of play. I asked Gonzalo when he spoke to the media yesterday just about how important it is to get something out of this game and to get a result out of this game on the road against a team that Atlanta hasn't won a match in Chester, Pennsylvania since 2018. I asked Gonzalo how important it was to change that, and here's what Gonzalo had to say. Yes, I would say that it's been challenging for us to to getting the three points out of certain good, some good performances we have had in the league in difficult places. Again, MLS is very difficult to win away. Uh, I would say that Toronto's game is one that we lost in the last minute. Even New York City that we were winning, one man down, 
and we were in good position to earn the three points. Uh, Dallas, I mean, there, there's been a few of those games where uh, I would say that we should have earned the three points. Um, and some others that we did very well, Charlotte, uh, Seattle, like there's, there's been uh, some good moments of us when we play away. This is another one. This is a very important one, part of the year, uh, one of the best teams in the league. I would say that is, again, a perfect scenario for us to show uh, what we're capable of in playoffs. And that's the key, is showing what this team is capable of. And I think the way they do that is playing true to their identity. And that's something that Pineda has been consistent with all season long. And, you know, I, I know there was a narrative there for a while, uh, I guess in the last two years, about Atlanta United not having an identity on the field. And it wasn't true then, and it absolutely is not true now. The identity is very clear in this team. It is to have the ball. It is to never just sit back and defend and concede possession. It's not just about having the ball. It's about creating things with it. It's about getting numbers forward and not being afraid of getting numbers forward, being a risk-taking team, a swashbuckling team, if you will, being a team that is just not afraid. And I think what we've seen in this last stretch since the League's Cup is a team that has stayed true to that identity, whether they're at home or whether they're away. And you've got to lean on the qualities that you establish with that identity, with that game model. And to me, the number one quality that this team has established in the way that they play that is critical tomorrow night in Chester against the Union is bravery. The Union are going to press. They're going to look for those opportunities. You can't concede possession to them. You can't get into a transition battle with them. You have to be brave to draw their press and play around it and create spaces behind it. This is a tired team in Philadelphia. Make them chase you. Make them run. Make them uncomfortable. You do that by being brave. And then after the game, you've got to very quickly process it and move on because it's the Columbus crew coming on Saturday. And that's going to be a little bit of a revenge match after what happened earlier this season. We'll talk more about that on the full-time report tomorrow night. It will be an abbreviated edition because we'll have a plane to catch after the game. We'll also drop some, I'll, I'll put together a podcast of some of my thoughts after Philadelphia leading into Columbus, along with some of the clips like we do on AST but maybe a shortened AST for you on Friday. Be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to Off the Woodwork or make sure you're getting your notifications on the Odyssey app for all of our soccer content from 92.9 The Game. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the weekend in MLS, the midweek coming up in MLS, what it means for the playoffs, what it means in the East, what it means in the West, all of that coming up in five on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight on the road edition in Philadelphia as Atlanta United gets ready to face the Union tomorrow night. Now, it's not the only match in MLS, and it's not the only thing that's been going on in MLS as of late. Let's get caught up around the league a little bit, and let's talk about FC Cincinnati. They have won the Supporters' Shield for the first time in their young franchise's life, and it's been a big-time turnaround for FC Cincinnati after some of the worst seasons in MLS expansion history to having... A very, very good year. I know there's some conversation about this FC Cincinnati team being among the best ever, and I don't think you can be anywhere near that until we know how they finish in the playoffs because the the champion of this league is determined by playoffs, and you can like that or you can not like that, but you can't ignore that. The MLS Cup champion is what's going to define greatness in this league. The Supporter Shield is very important, though, I don't think it's as important as it used to be because of the way the schedule has changed, but Pat Noonan, the, the manager of FC Cincinnati, uh, absolutely disagrees. He said, for me now, even my own opinion of this has changed. I think the Shield has now surpassed MLS Cup in terms of relevance. That's not to take away the desire for our team to hold the MLS Cup trophy, but for that group to be the top team over the course of the season, I think it's very meaningful. Yes, it is. It is. And there's no way around that. I don't want to diminish the the supporter shield, but it's not a balanced schedule. And it never truly will be in this league. The league is too large for that to happen. Even when you were playing every team, it wasn't a balanced schedule. The only way the regular season can truly determine who the best team is without a question, although there always is a question because you talk about when you play a certain team or what injuries you were dealing with or who they were missing or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in MLS, you don't even play everybody and you don't have the same strength of schedule that other teams do. And let's be real. This is something that we've talked about. Now, maybe this changes as the Apple TV partnership continues to be a a huge factor for the growth of this league. When MLS went to this kind of a schedule that was more unbalanced than ever before because you're not playing everybody in the other conference just because of the number of games and the number of teams in the league, Atlanta and the New York teams and the LA teams and Seattle – 
we're always going to play the other big market teams on a regular basis, whereas some smaller market teams might not see some of those big market teams because of matchups, because of TV, because of hype. And that changes the strength of your schedule. If you are not playing LAFC every year, if you're not playing the Galaxy every year, and I know the Galaxy have been down a little bit, but you know. Seattle, if you're not playing Seattle every year, if you're not playing Portland every year, these are top teams in the league. And if you're playing those matchups because you're a big market team and you draw a lot of ratings and you draw a lot of eyeballs, you draw a lot of attention, your schedule is going to be more difficult. It's just the way it goes. So supporter shield is not what it used to be, in my opinion. And the way this league is structured, it's never going to determine the truly the best team. And you can argue that the best team wasn't the best team in the playoffs. And, and sure, that's welcome to sports. That's what we do. That's what we we do on the station all day long when we talk about the Georgia Bulldogs or the Falcons or the Hawks or the Braves. I mean, the Braves went through this very recently where they had an amazing season and then got cold at the wrong time of the year. That's sports. And Cincinnati, in my opinion, now has to go prove that they are that team. There is a difference between winning regular season games and having a great regular season and beating teams that you should beat and beating some teams that maybe are a surprise. There is a difference between winning games in June, in May, in July than winning them in this league in late October, in November, in knockout situations. It's a difference, and Cincinnati's got to show that they can do that. And if they do, then you can have that conversation about how good they truly are and Sporter Shield showing that. If they don't, I'll be very curious to see how this team is remembered if they do not go and prove that they are the best team or one of the best teams, at least getting to a conference final. If Cincinnati doesn't get to the Eastern Conference final, I think it raises some questions. And I'd be very curious to see where they go from there. Now, one of the big games tomorrow night is Columbus hosting New England. This is a game between teams that Atlanta United's got to pay attention to. Sorry, it's New England hosting Columbus. I had it flipped. New England is third in the table on 52 points. Columbus is fifth on 50 points. It's very, very tight in this table. New England, one loss in their last five, but three draws. Only one win. Columbus. Columbus has won two, two draws, one loss. It's so narrow between these teams at this point. The question about New England for me is that they did get a win. It was against Charlotte. It was at Gillette Stadium. Are they back? Are they kind of back? Are they a little back under Clint P.A., the second interim manager since Bruce Arena's resignation? I don't know yet. And Columbus... I thought at home should have been expected to beat Philadelphia, who is tired and is talking about being tired. And in Columbus, I thought the crew should have handled their business, and they didn't. Now, they, they played well, but they didn't handle that. So that game, it's an interesting one to me all the way around. I'm not 100% sold on either one of those teams getting something out of it. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, 
That's been the biggest thing over the last five games for teams is the number of draws. Philadelphia's drawn all five, for example. New England's drawn three. Atlanta's drawn two. Nashville's drawn four. New York City's drawn three. Now, New York City's undefeated in their last five. They have two wins to go along with those three draws. Montreal's drawn two. DC's drawn four. Draws, and again, as the season goes on, the games get more difficult. The games get tighter, and sometimes teams settle for a point a little bit more because it's later in the season, and it's more difficult. I will be very curious if there is a winner in Columbus and New England tomorrow. It feels like another game that will be a draw, in my opinion. And then what kind of a mood is Columbus in when they come to Mercedes-Benz Stadium? A lot of that's going to depend on how the rest of the table goes and how Atlanta does in Philadelphia tomorrow night. Now, a lot of people are looking at Miami as well. Lionel Messi is a game-time decision tomorrow night in Chicago. The earlier reports were that he would not play in this game and that he play for Miami against Cincinnati on the weekend and now the reporting out of Argentina is that he will join up with the Argentine national team I don't know how happy Miami is about that Um, I'm not expecting him to play tomorrow and I just don't I just don't see it happening I I don't think he's going to be able to play in that game after missing as much time as he has Now, where Miami is at the moment, they are on 33 points. They are four points back from the last playoff spot, which is Montreal. Chicago is on the same number of points, but they have fewer wins than Montreal. So this is a huge game at Soldier Field. It will be a huge crowd. Now, Chicago is offering credits to people who bought tickets to this game for season tickets next year or tickets to other games next year. Uh, okay. Um, that's a interesting way to handle things because this is a Chicago fire business, I would think, about getting people to support the fire. And yes, knowing that some people are going to buy those tickets because Lionel Messi might be in town. I get it. Maybe Sergio Busquets as well. Jordi Alba is not going to play in this game. He's out injured. But I don't know. That's a... I don't know how that's going to go over in the long term. I get that it feels like a nice thing to do, but I think it also kind of diminishes your own brand. And I'm curious to see what the long-term reaction to this is going to be in Chicago. Now, we do have to talk about the Western Conference, and it is uh, very, very interesting at this stage. I don't know who is going to come out of the Western Conference in MLS Cup. St. Louis is a team that would be a safe choice. They are 10 points up on the rest of the conference on 56 points. Salt Lake is on 46 along with Seattle. LAFC on 45. And here's where it gets funky. Houston on 44. Vancouver on 43. Portland on 43. San Jose on 42. Dallas on 41. Second to ninth, five-point difference. And then you've got teams that are still in it all the way down to the LA Galaxy who are six points behind Dallas with a game in hand. Austin is also six points back, although they're running out of time because they only have three games left. Kansas City's only got two games left. They're three points back. They might not make it. And Minnesota is three points back. They do have three games to play. Now, St. Louis, they are one of the best expansion teams ever. No way around it. They are the first expansion team 
to record 17 wins in their inaugural season. Um, they have clinched the Western Conference. They're the first expansion team in the modern era anyway to win their conference in the regular season. They're going to the 2024 CONCACAF Champions Cup. They beat Kansas City and might have knocked Kansas City out of the playoffs with the 4-1 win in St. Louis over the weekend. Joel Klaus, who is back from injury, who his absence really derailed St. Louis there for a while in the summer when things got a little, uh, a little sideways for them. St. Louis is very good. This is another team. And I think, look, honestly, probably everybody is in this conversation in MLS right now. Who will go out and get hot and beat teams in the postseason that they should beat and then beat teams that maybe you are surprised by them beating? Who's going to go do that? I don't think there's an odds-on favorite. I really don't. I think Atlanta United's in the conversation to win MLS Cup. I think Cincinnati and St. Louis obviously are. They're, they're going to win their conferences. I think Philadelphia could go back to MLS Cup. I do. I think Columbus could go to MLS Cup. I think Orlando, who has been the best team in the East over the last five, I think Orlando could go to MLS Cup. LAFC, I'm not picking against LAFC. I could see them pulling it off. Seattle, that veteran team, you could see them getting to MLS Cup. Salt Lake would maybe be the, the team that's the highest in the table. That would be the biggest surprise. Uh, but Chicho Arango has made that team a different team. Everything is on the table. And that's what I love about this league, and that's what I love about this time of year. I love the uncertainty, and I love the conversation about it because this is going to be a wild ride. Now, talking about expansion teams, our last note on the MLS side, San Diego. They made a big announcement on their training facility, their youth academy. They have announced the location of their state-of-the-art training facility. I believe it's going to be in the nine figures to build it. It will include a Right to Dream residential youth academy. The Right to Dream Academy is part of the ownership group of the new San Diego team. That's going to accommodate students ages 11 to 18, spanning grades 6 through 12. Housing and classroom facilities for academy members are going to be provided through the renovations of the existing hotel that's right next to where they're building this. It's a little bit of a game changer in the way a team jumps into the league. San Diego is going to be a very interesting team when they come in, not next year, but in 2025. And I think they're going to build their inaugural roster very differently than we've seen some other expansion teams do. I don't know if it's going to be more successful, but I think it's going to look very different when they hit the field in 2025. All right, coming up next, three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. It's the 3-4-3, three, three, and it's up next in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. 343. Three. three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. It is the fastest segment in Atlanta Soccer Talk on the radio. There's only two other ones in the show, but it's the fastest one because it's the 343. Three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile, tons of info. Let's start on the local side. Local college updates, and there's quite a few, and there's some big ones. Clayton State, their men's team is now ranked number 11 in NCAA D2 by the United Soccer Coaches. It's the highest ranking for the program since 2011, and this is a team that I highly recommend you go in to check out and watch in Morrow. They play really good soccer. You've got some professional prospects in this team. Now, their next two games are on the road. They're at USC Aiken on Wednesday and at Flagler on Saturday. You can watch both of those. Go to Clayton State's website and click the watch links. The the home teams will handle the broadcast for those. It's a really good team, and it's a team that could make a deep run in the NCAA D2 tournament later in the year. Now, on the D1 women's side, Georgia State defender Ava Diaz-Lois is the Sunbelt Conference Defensive Player of the Week. That gives Georgia State a Player of the Week honoree for the second week in a row. Diaz-Lois helped Georgia State to a 1-0 shutout of Texas State in Georgia State. Executive shutout, unbeaten streak now at five for the Panthers, four straight wins. Diaz Lois is a fifth year senior from Santander, Spain. She leads this back line from Georgia State that ranks number 11 in all of D1 in goals against and goal differential. Now, the Panthers are Thursday night at Southern Miss, and then they come back on Sunday, a one o'clock kickoff at the GSU Soccer Complex, where they host Arkansas State. I will be on the call for that on ESPN. But would love to see you all out at the GSU Soccer Complex to support these Panthers. It's a really fun team to watch. The Panthers men, they're going to try to shake off a crazy 4-3 loss to number 3 West Virginia as they travel down I-75 to face Mercer tomorrow night. It is the 63rd meeting between the two programs. Mercer comes in 5-1-4 in 2023. Georgia State, after that loss to West Virginia, 3-3-4 feels like the Panthers are really close to breaking out, but they're going to be tested against a really strong Mercer team this season. Now, speaking of old Georgia rivalries, the two oldest programs in the state hook up next Tuesday, Oglethorpe hosting Emory. This series goes back to 1961, the first year of soccer at Oglethorpe, the fourth year of Emory's program. Emory, 7-1-2 this season. They're ranked number five in the NCAA D3 poll by the United Soccer Coaches. They'll be hosted by a 7-1-1 Stormy Petrel side in Brookhaven. 
Kickoff is going to be at 7 o'clock. We're going to have pregame coverage on Soccer Down here on YouTube and on Twitch. We're also going to have a special Atlanta Soccer tonight starting at 10 o'clock after the game and hopefully with some of the players and coaches who have been involved in that game. It is a massive game in D3. Oglethorpe should be ranked. Emory's number five. Try to come out to Brookhaven next Tuesday if you can, and if you can't, you're going to hear about it on AST next week. Now, other local stories. Number two, Dalton United. They're trying to defend their UPSL Georgia Premier Division crown this year. Currently, they're three points behind SSLFC in the table. They do have a game in hand, though. The top of the table is crowded with quality. Potros FC, Atlanta City FC, and Atlanta United's academy team are all within striking distance of the top. Make sure you're checking out Atlantic Soccer Media Group for their coverage of the league on YouTube. Go check out some of these great local teams and some of the local talent in your area. Now, that leads us to number three, because the Houston Dynamo, they just won the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, but the chase for 2024, we're already two rounds into qualifying. Two local sides advanced through the second qualifying round last weekend. KSA Pro Profile of the UPSL Georgia Premier Division, they defeated Terminus FC of the ADASL 4-0 in Dunwoody, while the ADASL's Majestic SC defeated North Georgia United of the UPSL 6-1 at Booker T. Washington High School in Atlanta. These two teams have two more qualifying rounds that they have to advance through to claim spots in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Four headlines from around the world. Let's start with Champions League and just some of your talking points out of the games today. The two English clubs in action, they did not have a good day. An English player, though, was one of the stars of the day, Jude Bellingham. And it's doing it again for Real Madrid. Jude Bellingham is becoming an icon for Real Madrid in his first year there at 20 years old. He made the difference in a thrilling 3-2 win at Napoli. Manchester United and Arsenal, they were both beaten. United lost 3-2 at home to Galatasaray. Their sixth loss in 10 games in all competitions. They're bottom of the group through two games. Pressure is mounting on Eric Ten Hag. Arsenal lost 2-1 to Lens of Ligue 1. And it doesn't look good for Bukayo Saka, who left the match injured. Have not heard an update as of yet, but Arsenal plays Manchester City this weekend, and it doesn't look like Saka will be able to take part. Bayern, they won their 15th straight match in the Champions League group stage. That streak goes back to 2020. They did have to sweat it out, though. 2-1 win over FC Copenhagen. Union Berlin, they lost another Champions League match in second half stoppage time, this time to Braga of Portugal. They lost to Real Madrid in game one, or first match day of the group stage. Real Sociedad, now they followed up their draw with Inter in match day one with a 2-0 win over Red Bull Salzburg. Inter kept pace with a 1-0 win over Benfica. Now number two on the headlines, V-A-R in England, uh, it's an acronym that people have probably come up with some very foul meanings of. Uh, the governing body for England's referees, they admitted that, quote, standards fell short of expectations, unquote, after releasing audio of the VAR discussion that led to a Luis Diaz goal for Liverpool being incorrectly ruled out for offside. Now, 
I'm going to play you part of the audio of this conversation. It's between the video assistant referee crew, and you can hear the referee as well. The whistle was blown calling Diaz offside, and that's where this clip starts. It's fascinating to hear this, but you're also going to hear how it goes wrong very quickly. Just checking the offside, delay, delay. Give me kick point. Let's go. Yep. Kick point, yeah, please. No so here we are. Okay. Wait, okay. Um, just get a tight angle. Yeah, give me 2D line ready. I feel as well for frame right, two. So after that. Frame, that's fine. Frame two, there. Perfect. I've got yep. the time on this. I've 2D line on left boot. Yep. Well, let me Romero, just angles. I think I might be this angle better. Hey. Happy okay. with this angle. Yeah. Yep. 2D line on the boot. 2D line on the boot. Yep. Okay. Wait, no wait. So 2D line on the boot. I'll, I'll zoom Check in. complete. Check complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Off. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Good process. decision was offside. Are you are you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this? Offside decision. Go. Yeah. That's, no, that's not what it does. What? On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with this Never image? Yeah, it's onside. The image we gave him is onside. Left back. He's played. He's yeah. gone offside. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes with VAR. The VAR, Darren England, he thought the on-field decision was goal, and you could hear it. They look at it. They draw the lines. They're like, yep, he's onside. Good to go. Check complete. It's good. He thought it was a given as a goal. He missed that because he's so focused on is it onside or offside, and they didn't fix it, and then they didn't stop the play afterwards to fix it. They said it had been too late, so they get it wrong, horribly wrong. It's Look, it's difficult. The process is not perfect, and you're talking about human beings who are doing this, and mistakes will get made. I think the conversation in England around VAR has went into a completely different place now, which is very unfair. There, there have been far more situations that VAR has corrected a mistake or got the call right one way or another as opposed to getting it wrong. Far more good than bad. But this is bad, and it shows how things can get sideways really quickly in that it's a simple mistake thinking that it was given as a goal when it was actually ruled offside and they didn't take their time, just the extra couple of seconds. And I know we get hung up on how long it takes to make these decisions. This is why you got to take that extra little bit of time. Make sure that you get it right. Number three on the headlines, Ajax. They have hired Louis van Gaal, their former head coach, as an advisor, the Dutch club said on Tuesday. They are not in a good place right now. They're 15th in the Eredivisie in Holland out of 18 teams. They haven't won a game since the opening weekend. They spent over $100 million on new players in the summer, which is not Ajax's typical way. They finished third last season. They didn't qualify for the Champions League for the first time in 13 years. Van Hall, he's 72 years old. He did win three league championships and the Champions League in 1995 when he was the head coach of Ajax. But it's not 1995 anymore, and Ajax doesn't really seem to have a plan. Number four, the second legs of the Copa Libertadores semifinals are this week, and of course there's drama in this competition. Internacional, they host Fluminense tomorrow night, 2-2 draw in the first leg in this all-Brazil semi. Internacional lost on the weekend in the Serie A in Brazil. They lost 2-0 to América Mineiro. 
Eduardo Caldet is the manager. He used to play for the Philadelphia Union. He's the manager of Inter. They have lost two of their last three across all competitions. Fluminense, they didn't win over the weekend either. They lost 3-0. So they've only won one of their last four. Both teams not in a good spot, and they play each other after a draw in Game 1. Boca and Palmeiras, they drew in Game 1 as well. This game, Leg 2, is going to be on Thursday. It will be in Brazil. Boca lost a river over the weekend. That never goes down well. They're struggling to score goals at the moment. They're 1-2-2 two, and two in their last five in all competitions. They've struggled to score in three of those five. Palmeiras, 1-2-3 and three in their last six. They lost over the weekend as well. All four teams in the Copa Libertadores semifinals lost in their domestic competitions over the weekend. Oh, boy. We'll see how this goes. You can watch those games on BN Sports over the next two nights. Three things that make me smile about the game. Number one, Jordan Dudley at Florida State. The freshman who was a star at Cambridge High School, a dual sports star, by the way. She was great at basketball as well. She's hit the ground running for the number two ranked Seminoles. Seven goals, three assists. She's in the middle of back-to-back two-goal matches against number one North Carolina and Miami. She's the only freshman in the country to have three multiple goal games this season ranks third among freshmen for total goals scored this year Jordan Dudley is lighting it up in Tallahassee number two on things that make me smile Atlanta United Academy national team call-ups and there's a few of them two for the U17 team that's preparing for the World Cup Aiden Torres and Sean Lanza Three for a camp with the U16s, Rocket Rita Rita, Dominic Chong Kui, and Caden Moore. They've all been called up for a week-long camp with the U.S. men's national team, U16s. And number three on the things that make me smile this week, Atlanta United's Community Fund. They have opened their seventh mini-pick. 100 campaign. It was in opened this weekend in Hogansville, Georgia. This was built through a grant to Pioneer Youth, a nonprofit organization based in Hogansville that provides free after-school programming to youth at the Pioneer Center. And the executive director, Emily Abraham, said nothing like this has happened in Hogansville before. So to say this is exciting is an understatement. It's so vital to provide safe places for kids to play. And when you can do that, and in places that don't have as many fields, you can then train coaches and you can change kids' lives. And that's what these GA100 pitches are going to do. This is the second one built outside of the metro Atlanta area, by the way, joining Coastal Outreach in Brunswick. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Five Stripes Countdown from Chester, PA, 739 is your kickoff between Atlanta and Philadelphia. And then Saturday, we'll see you all at the Benz, 7 o'clock for Five Stripes Countdown, 7.39 for kick. You can also listen on Saturday choosing the home team radio option on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Thanks for hanging out with me for another night of AST. Adios, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.